I will start by saying that we are going to speak about a subject that's not necessarily pleasant, but I believe that we have to speak about it. There's no point about telling yourself that it doesn't exist because it is very real. Uh, I have the pleasure. We've been trying to set this up for months now. I have the pleasure to be speaking with Rosie Cataldo. She is the director of Outreach for Childhood Victories, Inc. How are you doing today? I am fantastic, Nico. Thank you so much for having me. It's a privilege to be here with you. The pleasure is definitely all mine, believe me. Um, so please explain to us, because we're, we're going to be speaking about child trafficking or human trafficking as a whole, but I think you specialize in child trafficking from what I understand. Yeah. So please tell me what this is all about. What do you guys do? Uh, within Childhood Victories, I have the privilege of partnering with um, the founder, Victor Caccini, and spreading prevention education to students in schools. So Victor has been doing this for 22 years. He's been going into schools and empowering kids to use their voice to speak up about anything that's bothering them and um, unsafe touch. And he addresses specifically child sexual abuse and physical abuse. And I uh, just found his platform at the end of last year and I had been doing the same work on a smaller scale. And I thought this is phenomenal. Every child should have this. And when I connected with him and learned about his story, he was assaulted at age eight and told by a family friend and told no one until he was in college. And he really went through a huge healing and transformation when he uh, was ignited to use his voice and speak out and tell his family what had happened and got the help that he needed. And now he's using that story to empower kids to speak up and use their voice. And I think that's really um, very honorable. And I'm so proud of him for being brave and vulnerable and sharing his story. And when you're in the classroom and interrupting abuse uh, there are many nonverbal signs that a student may communicate this and then there of course um, they can communicate verbally however it is hard it's on the one hand it's very gut-wrenching because you you feel their pain you know that something really serious is going on but then on the flip side you know that you did interrupt something and you helped, you know, rechart a course for this child and get the help they need. So that's really, um, it's a beautiful thing. And the reason I reached out to him to partner with him is because the work that he's doing, preventing and interrupting uh, abuse, is really, really important in the exploitation and trafficking realm because the majority of youth who have been trafficked or exploited experienced a form of sexual abuse. So if we can reduce this vulnerability, we can reduce the pool that traffickers draw from. So any, um, anybody you know who works uh, on, as a social worker or a psychologist or in a police officer uh, knows 
this is a serious, serious issue. This is an epidemic. And we are actively reducing their caseload. So I have had, um, I live in Minneapolis and the police sergeant in charge of the sex crimes investigation unit here said if more kids had this training, he would have a lot less cases on his desk. So when you truly realize the magnitude of what, what you know, it is within prevention education and simple messaging, it's, you know, you just want every child to have it. It's a no brainer. And um, it's, it's too, it's just too simple not to implement because not only are you interrupting abuse for that child and offering a different track in healing, you are interrupting you know, that for the next generation because um, when a person experiences a form of abuse, they also experience toxic stress and that toxic stress can, uh, can show up in other ways like, like cancer or different um, mental or physical health consequences, um, you know, addiction, suicide, uh, teen pregnancy, dropping out of school and serious health issues. So if we can decrease that and interrupt it, I mean, that is, that's huge. It's huge. So when sadly, the people who really are passionate about this have experienced some form of abuse or assault or know someone who has. So uh, I like to encourage people, uh, don't be like me, don't wait for the issue of human trafficking to come at you like a tsunami wave and take you out, knock you out and recalibrate. I mean, you really have to recalibrate when it hits very close to home. And I can share a little bit about that. So I just encourage you to not be afraid of the issue and educate yourself because um, when you when you can just have some awareness and step into education, it's just very eye-opening and it is so powerful when you can spread prevention, just talking about it. Um, I mean, by talking, by not talking about it, it just creates a ripe breeding ground for exploitation to occur. So try to have the healthy conversations about it. It's the taboo portion, I think, that creates the this is pure psychology, but the, the more things are considered tabooed, the more people are going to take advantage of that because nobody wants to talk about it. So by putting it into the light, you are helping or you're preventing further distress. Because basically, just and correct me if I'm wrong, just so I'll re- reiterate what you just said, you're, you're spreading awareness by, and that is to the students themselves, to the, ch- to the children themselves. Yeah. Yes, within the classroom. So Childhood Victories has um, been in six different states in the United States Mm. and um, has presented to over 800,000 individuals and trained full um, district staff in in California to um, continue the programming on their own. And there have been over 300 disclosures. So the amazing thing is that COVID did not prevent students from getting this information. Uh, Victor still had live streaming. So pretty much like a Zoom. 
and students would disclose in the chat and say, Victor, I'm connecting to your story. And then he gets the student the help that they need. So it's really a beautiful thing. And I, my, my huge concern is that as schools up again in the fall, that teachers and school psychologists and school social workers are going to see a massive shift because students who were at home and not being in a safe home uh, are going to show lots of behavioral challenges and, and other mental and physical health consequences from being, being at home, unfortunately. And um, they're statistically, although it's much higher than this because of course not all kids report abuse, but one in four girls and one in six boys will experience a form of sexual abuse prior to age 18. So if you're talking about an average classroom size, that could be up to five children in the classroom. So it's, it's just so common. It's, and whenever we're in a school, we always have someone, you know, a teacher or a parent just saying, thank you, thank you so much. I wish I had this when I was a child. And the stories that I continually hear just blow me away that I have had friends who have said, oh gosh, I thought everybody was sexually assaulted at some point in their life because it's so common. And that's, um, it's very, very sad. And it's, there is a much needed shift and there is something that we can do about it. I'm particularly passionate about this, about this issue because um, in my community, uh, in a suburb of Minneapolis, my son's children were pulled into an underground sex trafficking ring via a childcare provider. And I found out about four years ago and it really uh, blew, it blew me away. It, it blew my mind. And I was, I had heard about trafficking, you know, and I, you know, prostitution, but I had not, um, I had not been aware of, of the seriousness of the issue and how young the children are who are exploited. So these children were not even able to speak about it. They were that young. So um, things came out via their behavior that thank goodness their parents picked up on. But it is, although that is a very um, shocking and more rare scenario, it, it does happen. And so it's just important to be aware and in tune with your kids and and knowing where they are and who they're with and and what they're watching um, because now it's so easy um, for children to be on a device and and for very inappropriate things to happen um, in their own bedroom um, when you're in the house so just being diligent and being on top of that so so that's the connection. That's why I reached out to Victor, the founder of Childhood Victories. I said, what you're doing is so huge. And um, it's, it's not a, it shouldn't be a privilege to have this education. It should just be a mandatory. But unfortunately, it's not mandatory because the sad truth is that people are profiting from vulnerable kids. Mm. And so... Um, when 
when people actually wake up and, and realize how prevalent this is and how multifaceted and layered this is, it's a deep, dark network. And um, just, it's something that is very difficult to, to combat. So if you're looking at trafficking from like a war perspective, like how do you level up against the enemy? How do you? Well, we can collaborate, we can do that because a lot of pimps don't want to collaborate. They want their own turf and traffickers. Um, and then we can empower kids with prevention because a trafficker is not going to want to waste any time on a confident kid. They seek out the, the kids who um, have the heads down and busy in the phone and very distracted and um, test out. Let's say you're in a mall and um, I have talked to a mall security guard who sees these scenarios all the time. If um, a stranger approaches a group of teenagers and starts trying to interact and compliment, it's so important for those teens to just say, oh, thanks. Yeah, I know I'm really cute. And just keep walking and show that air of confidence and eye contact and shoulders back and head up and not be distracted with your, your goods and your bag. Um, because if it's a child, if um, they are a child or a teen who is not secure in themselves then, and look down, then they're very vulnerable to being exploited just by that nonverbal communication right there. There's two things that comes out of, there's two things I'd like to touch on from what you just said. The, the first being, do you do any work with the parents themselves? Because if the kids is a certain age, I would imagine that is vocal skills, like trying to say that, try to explain what they're going through might not be the best way to go about. So for the, cause I, just before we we actually started recording, you mentioned something about uh, circular play, which I had no idea what it was. And f- correct me if I'm wrong, but is that not something that parents that are aware of what circular play is could recognize that there's probably something going on that you're not aware in your child's life and it's worth investigating what's going on? Um, yes. With, so with Childhood Victories, the programming is for preschool through 12th grade. But um, regarding the scenario um, of my friend's children being trafficked um, before they were able to even speak, uh, a red flag was circular play or repetitive play. So doing something over and over and being obsessive about it or um, just changes in the behavior. Like, it, you know, maybe they are getting really, really clingy or, or very emotional, or, you know, maybe they were starting to speak and they are not speaking anymore. So any uh, changes in their, in their behavior or their emotions, you just want to be in tune to that. And of course, you know, sadly, any, you know, just being diligent about um, caring and cleaning for their body and very attentive to, to certain areas, of course, sadly. So that's what circular play is. And even some children, um, you know, let's say they're fully potty trained and then they start wetting the bed. Um, and that's not necessarily a sign, of course, but it's just something to be, to be aware of. To be, yeah, I think the, uh, the, the, the main points to be conscious is just to realize that there might be something. It's not necessarily a red flag, but 
you should keep an eye on it. There's mm-hmm. there might be something there. The um, the second point I wanted to speak to you about is martial arts because one, I I don't talk about it quite a, a lot. I I don't know why I should, but. I'm a big proponent of martial arts. I am not worried to walk wherever I need to go because I know I can take care of myself. And this is a confidence thing and I can take care of the people around me. And as we were saying before the we started recording, I, I started that because as a child, I was bullied and I felt helpless. Basically, I just felt helpless. And it comes to a point where not only do I feel confident, but... I would help anybody that needs. I'd be the person that something goes on and I get involved just to help somebody else. It might not be the smartest thing I'll ever do, but at least it'll come from the heart, right? Mm-hmm. Do you, is that something you guys touch? Is that something you do? Do you, uh, do you yes. teach that self-protection? That yeah, um, self-protection, I guess, self-defense. Well, um, thanks for asking. We just uh, recorded an, a trafficking prevention curriculum for teens that yep. was available in September. So for middle schoolers and high schoolers um, called the Value Project. And um, so within that, we we just want to highlight uh, the uniqueness of, of youth and the intrinsic value that each individual has. And if they don't have a support network within their home or their family, then um, how to go about and, and get that and reach out for that. And then to identify trafficking, what it looks like, what is it? And then how to be aware of it and be aware of different schemes and how to steer clear of those and keep safe. And as well as how to get help if you are in, if you or a friend are in a tough situation. But it's called the project because we don't want to just simply drop off a curriculum at a, at a school district and walk away. We want to empower the teachers and more importantly, the students to take charge of this issue. So we're igniting student-led groups so that they, because students are more apt to talk to one another, especially mm. teachers and confide in one another regarding, you know, different experiences online or harassment or you know, sexting and pornography and all those issues, um, they can be sounding boards for each other and also then have a liaison to the group. But one of the recommendations is to host, the students can host a self-defense training, which is huge. It's very huge and it's very empowering and it's important to be um, peaceful but dangerous, right? It's, it's really important because as we were talking before, the majority of people are really good people. There's some amazing people in this world doing wonderful, wonderful things. I see miracles happen all the time, but I am in, I do, it's beautiful, but I see, I'm here because of some, I know about some very dark things. Mm. And so I don't want, I don't want our youth to be impacted by, by these because they're very destructive to our youth, to our family unit, and to our society as a whole, and our lineage. So it is, it, it's a massive issue. And it's, um, it's, evil's been around for a long time. <laughs> we, we, we know, we know history. And a lot of this, um, what really, I, how I was able to wrap my head around this 
is discussing war crimes and the things that took place in World War II and the concentration camps and the testing and the horrific things that were done. When that, when the war ceased, um, all of that spread elsewhere. So it just isn't talked about and highlighted. So um, that, that is part of this. That's part of trafficking. It is part of manipulating people. It's part of mind control. Um, it, it's very, very disturbing, but it is something that we can talk about and work to protect our kids against because um, it's just so easy to do now with our, with our electronic age, within our electronic age, for sure. And it's really not fair to youth these days because I didn't grow up with all of this. And so now it's completely different. And what are we doing for, for our youth? What are we doing to protect them? Um, they have the world at their fingertips and they have a lot of danger at their fingertips too. And so um, we got, we need to work together to create barriers and, uh, and just talk about uncomfortable things because nothing else is going to, nothing else is going to change if we can't dive in um, and look at some of these ugly things so that we can prevent them. Do you think that, because you said something very interesting, I took it down. Um, you're mentioning that the children will be more comfortable speaking among themselves about problematics. And it makes sense. They, they want to know if it's normal, if other people are going through to them, it's normal. But um, do you think there's a, there's a you, you know, back in the days, and when I say back in the days, let's say 100 years past, Everybody had guides. We had mentors. We had people we could confide in. Personally, I have mo multiple friends. Well, my dogs are going at it. Hold on. Yeah, they're always fighting. Oh, well. The, um, you know, before we had guides, we had people we could rely on. Personally, I have three friends that are in their 60s. I'm 39. I have some of my best friends are 65. They're retired. They have businesses. It's I get access to a wealth of knowledge that I couldn't get anywhere else. And they're just happy to see me try. That's the only reason they do it is because it's, they love to see me try new to try just doing things better, but they are confident too. Like I can have conversations with them where I can ask them, is this normal? Is this, should I do this? Should I do that? Do you think that it's something that's lacking that could help with the problem that we see with, uh, child trafficking yeah absolutely i that i'm really glad that you brought that up because i feel that um so many people reach out to me and wonder what they can do and mm. i was in the same boat i when i found out about this i thought oh gosh what can i do um with my skill set and so that is huge being a mentor is huge because you are offering your time and that is the best gift that you can give to a youth because um, so many youth who had been trafficked said that I just needed my time filled up and I needed somebody to love me. So, yeah. you know, if parents are working, you know, working two different jobs and not around and teenagers have to really um, take care of themselves, um, there's a void there. And so being a mentor is huge. Even being a teen hangout house, if you have kids or, 
um, want to serve as a mentor. That is huge. You don't have to, you don't have to be an FBI agent or go out and start up your own nonprofit just to help in this realm. There, I I tell people, I try to ask people what their gifts are and what they're passionate about and what they feel they're good at. And, and we can grow from there because there are limitless ways to come alongside this mission. Um, maybe it's being, uh, maybe it's serving as a foster parent or maybe you're, uh, you're very techie and you can stomach the dark web um, maybe you are a healthcare provider and you want to highlight this issue and, and um, you know, do something at your hospital or clinic to provide help for, for victims and spread awareness to empower people to, to educate others. So there are, there are countless ways to come alongside. I, as a mom, and where I am in my life right now, experiencing the power that prevention holds, I am all about prevention because unfortunately uh, the state that I'm in puts a lot of emphasis on aftercare and trauma recovery, which is vital. It is so important. However, prevention is just as important, if not more, because you cannot just keep pulling people. I use this analogy a lot, but keep pulling people out of the river you have to create a barrier and go to the source and stop them from falling in in the first place. Otherwise, you will continue to play catch up and you will never, ever be able to catch up. So it's much, it's in our school systems, everyone is being reactive and that is not okay. We need to be proactive and it's, this is not rocket science. You do not have to have your PhD in trauma to do this. This is simple, empowering messaging. And just like you said, providing mentorship to students. So it's, it's, I feel like there are so many barriers that are put up and so many requirements that schools and teachers need to have, especially in the, um, as we're coming out of COVID. However, um, this issue affects way more people than COVID ever will. And we just need to make it a priority. The it's um, it's one of my dreams to be able to not have to work anymore, to have enough passive income to dedicate my time to helping fourteen-year-old, twelve to 10, 10, 12 to eighteen with martial arts, how to train them. It's one of my the the I think some of the best guides I've ever had in my life were were coaches either basketball or through martial arts. And as we were joking before the podcast, you never know someone until you really punch them in the face. As bad as this sounds, you really, really get to know what somebody's made of. And if you have a child that's being abused, don't necessarily have the money to do it, but somebody offers the service for free, mm-hmm. the relationship that you build with those children, not only do you help them build confidence, you help them, learn how to defend themselves. But I think having, being somebody they can talk to, especially about this, being able to speak to somebody that's like your parent, but that's not your parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's huge. It's a, it's a big void that we have in our society. We, and, and that's um, tremendously helpful. Um, we need more people doing that, that precise, precisely as you described. 
because we live in such an individualistic culture that people are just kind of watching out for themselves and their own family. And if I have time, I'll do this. Or if I have time, I'll do that. Well, you really, um, you really do need to branch out and, and just wrap your wings around another child who, who, you know, may be struggling or, um, you don't have to be friends with someone who looks just like you. I mean, what a boring life is that to be friends with someone who has the same thoughts that you do and the same, you know, career path or same aspirations. How are you supposed to learn and evolve if you surround yourself with people who are just like you? So it's really important to, to challenge yourself and reach outside your, your, yourself to help others. But it's kind of ironic at the same time. I'm just thinking about this. The, we, you look at child trafficking and it's, it's a big demon and everybody's aware that it exists. They might lie to themselves that it doesn't exist where they live, but they, it's become where adults and younger adults cannot be friends anymore. Like me being friends with a 12 year old is wrong. Like in today's society, it would almost, you know, I was wearing this shirt on a picture that I posted on my Instagram and, you know, I had, multiple feedback calling me child molester because I have a shirt that says free hugs on it. And I am the type of guy to, every time I go to the city now, I wear my shirt because I want people to know that if they need a hug, I will give them, I will give them one. No question about it. I don't care who you are. If you approach me, you want a hug, I'll give you one. You could be 10, could be 90. Don't care. It doesn't matter to me. But we are in a society where it's, on. we cannot be friends with younger than us because it shows that oh i might be a pedophile when you know how ironic that is that by having this exact thought because you're scared of pedophiles and child trafficking you're Mm -hmm. preventing very good humans to be part of your of your life and your children's life it's Mm -hmm. very very strange situation that we live in yes that was a fear-based comment for sure And obviously they didn't know you and your character, but that's really, um, you know, something we talk to um, teenagers about and families is uh, just situational awareness and (laughs) and watching people like sit at a park or sit at the airport and watch people like the person, just watch them walking by. You can tell so much about the person by their facial expressions, um, how they carry themselves, their energy, if they're, if they're content, if they're mad, if they're really ticked off, if they're happy, joking, I mean, so much. And that's really, um, that's uh, probably the number one skill I, I talk to my own kids about and share with other kids is to always trust your gut feeling. It is your own inner superpower. You can call it whatever you want. You can call it your intuition, your guardian angel, um, your guides, but it is there to serve and protect you. So when we override that, that's when problems happen. So, um, so that's a great, like, that's a great example of parents saw you and leave it up to the kid. If you want to go get a hug from Nico, go get a hug from Nico. If you don't feel comfortable, just go with your gut. And, th- and that's the worst part. I don't walk towards people with my hands like this. It's just people look at me. They're like, do you give free hugs? I'm like, yes, I do. You want one? It's, nice. just, awesome. it's very interesting that mm-hmm. 
I, I, I was surprised, but not surprised at the same time by their comments. And I actually Googled, I'm like, I went to Google, is there somebody that actually had those signs that turned out to be a pedophile? Maybe that's why they're calling me that. But mm -hmm. no, actually, no, it made me realize that it's a little boy in the US that started this whole movement years and years ago because oh, wow. he got a hug by a police officer from if i remember correctly but oh. that's how it all started so it's the complete opposite of what those people are scared of and yeah it's sad you're trying to do a really a beautiful thing and it, it is sad but, but with this this whole topic it's taught me to be very tender with people because yeah you have no idea their history. You have no idea their invisible wounds. You just, um, I've heard some and it's made me very, very compassionate, even more compassionate towards people because you just do not know what people have gone through and endured. So um, just this kindness and compassion. Compassion and forgiveness are two things that are extremely important. It's, um, I don't know if I should speak about this, but I know, I know someone that told me a story recently where his mother got murdered by her boyfriend mm. and he somehow forgave him. Wow. He explained to him and, and the way he explained it to me is, can you imagine how that person felt for murdering the person that he loves? How bad he must feel on the inside? Because it's just a regular person. Whatever happened, I don't know. But just show compassion. If a guy like him is capable to show compassion to that type of individual, I don't know that I could. I'll be honest with you. This is, oof, this is a brutal story, but can you imagine? You never know what other people are going through. That's right. true. Yeah, that, that is amazing. I feel like people really sincerely try to do the best they can with what they have. And, and you don't know what cards they've been dealt. You don't know what they've been through. So I feel like that's why I find people who have been through so much pain who can turn that and use it to help other people those are some of the most incredible people in, in this world. So, um, and I'm privileged to work with some of them and um, know many people and survivors who are doing incredible things. So those are the types of miracles that I get to see all the time. So it, um, although knowing what I know for a while did, it did destroy my faith in humanity for a bit. It was very, very um hard to learn about and digest but then um as i kind of climbing back out of the well um meeting all these incredible people that uh, has been really awesome really really awesome so when you when you open your heart up to something and i really sincerely ask the creator like what am i supposed to do with this like what what should I do with this? How can I serve in this realm? And um, things just line up sometimes and it's pretty incredible and surreal. So um, it, it is really tough. I'm not going to lie. There's some tough days and some really tough stories, but um, teaching 
teaching yourself for anyone who's been a, who's a psychologist or a social worker or an emergency responder, you do have to learn how to put that, protect yourself and be empathetic and compassionate and listen and, and find the right help and the right services needed at that time. And then, and then leave it and, and move on and, uh, you know, reconnect with your friends, reconnect with your family, do things for yourself that um, can build yourself back up so you can do it again. Not an easy task. You're, um, you have a lot of work ahead of you, I would imagine, but it sounds like it's uh, your calling, if I can call, if I can say it that way. Oh, yes, absolutely. I, I feel it is for sure. The uh, one thing I want to go back, you said that one of my favorite expression, uh, situational awareness. This, after doing martial art for more than, well, no, more than 15 years now, it is probably the number one skill that you need to learn and not just to defend yourself in any given situation to be aware of your surroundings. Mm-hmm. Always, always know which situation you find yourself in. Mm-hmm. So that you can analyze what's going on before it actually happens. Yeah, absolutely. Even walking into a room and uh, assessing who's sitting where, or getting on an airplane, and and just making eye contact with people and reading. You know, people give off energy, and and you definitely. Well, I feel that. I feel people's energy, and um, you just really have to get in tune with yourself. And if you're if you're a person who's constantly busy and overwhelmed and inundated and overscheduled, then that may create a barrier to being in tune to this. So I encourage people to just slow down, um, do have, make it be an activity with your, with your family or friends or a date <laughs> and uh, read people. It's pretty fun, but yes, you can tell so much even before someone speaks. Absolutely. So okay. it's, I don't know why people don't do it more. It's something I've been doing my whole life, sitting alone somewhere and just watch people. The human interaction, I find it so passionate. It's a beautiful thing to see people interact. It's a bit of a creeper if you get caught doing it, but <laughs> it's uh, the interaction is beautiful. I love to see people interacting. Even if they don't speak a language you understand, it doesn't matter. You You know the type of conversation they're having, you know, mm-hmm. that it's a pleasant one or it's not pleasant. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The um, we've been, uh, I think we've been going for 40 minutes and I touched on two things out of all the things I wanted to speak to you about. Okay. We, we I'd be, uh, I'd be interested in uh, speaking to you again, because you have a lot of things that are going up and I'd like to keep up to date on everything. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. So it might be worth it to do more. Um, there's one thing you're not getting away of though is i always ask the same questions to no matter the podcast i'm doing i always ask the same question at the end and i'll ask you this okay uh if you could speak to your 14 year old self what would you tell yourself what would you tell that 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 14 year old girl i would tell her that you are more than worthy that's what i would tell her Wow. Is there, um, is there something you'd like to, uh, 
what's the expression? I'm lacking the words now. Uh, you want to plug? You want to plug how people can reach out to you if they if they want to get involved? If there's something that they want, if they want more information, what can they do? Oh, absolutely. Um, as I mentioned, there are limitless ways to come alongside this mission that you don't have to change the whole course of your life to do something. Everybody can do something. You don't have to go rescue 100 children. You can save one child, look out for one child, be an attentive parent, um, you know, make your children more of a focus if you've been very distracted. But Yes, I am on Instagram at Rosie Cataldo and um, the, my prevention partner is Childhood Victories and he's outside of Chicago. So parents can uh, be proactive and request prevention education at their child's school. It, it is a game changer. It doesn't matter um, what prevention education you use, just do something. And um, find a nonprofit in your area. I consult with an amazing nonprofit locally called Stories Foundation, and they're building a cafe. And it is a it will be a self-sustaining give back cafe with apartments on the second floor to house survivors. So um, they do incredible work. They're extremely compassionate. They're all about spreading awareness and education, and not about scare tactics, which I love and appreciate. Um, because this is a really difficult topic and it, is, it can be, it can be scary, but it can also be very empowering as well. So there's so many awesome nonprofits. I would just encourage you to look up their 990 and vet them yourself. You can, you can do a little background on them because, you know, the majority are in them for the right reasons. Um, but then there are some not in it for the, the right reason. So just do your, just do your homework. That's what I would say. Do, do your homework. It's, uh, I want to thank you. This has been extremely, extremely interesting. I, I'm happy we finally got to do it after months of speaking. Oh, me too. Thank you so much. <laughs> But thanks again for being on here. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. My privilege, Nico. Thank you for being so open and compassionate and sharing your, you really wear your heart on your sleeve, which is not an easy thing to do. But I think I found you because of one of your Grateful Thursday posts. And I was like, what a great person. That's awesome. So, so thanks for all the, the light that you share. It's really, it's, um, you've got some ripples going. So thank you. Don't say I'm going to start crying. So I'm going to, you have to stop right now. I just, I just promised myself I would be myself and I do what comes, all I do comes from the heart. So I think it's, if you start there, you can't do anything wrong. I totally agree, Nico. Thank you so much. The world <laughs> needs more of you. Needs more of you too. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. My It's my pleasure. And Oh, 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 oh,